This week on Overtime, we take a look at what it truly means to be anchored into the person of Jesus and how once we're anchored in, we can have full confidence to take big risks and to take that leap. Let's get it. Center, Center, Center City Church. You already know. Welcome to Center City Overtime, a weekly podcast where we take a little more time to dive into Sunday's message. I'm Pastor Ashley Kramer. I'm Pastor John Hernandez. And we are in the middle of a series called Anchored that's all about having our hope in Christ. And this week, I'm so excited because I didn't know until we started studying for this that there was ever a use for an anchor outside of on a boat. But we kind of shifted this week to talk about anchors and how anchors are in rock climbing or mountain climbing, whatever the thing is that I will probably (laughs) never do. Um, But will you just kind of briefly, for those those of us like me who have never gone rock climbing, talk about like what an anchor is in that context? Yeah, so, um, you know, when rock climbing, the thought is, of course, you're attempting to scale uh, a mountain, just at its relative rudimentary kind of definition. And um, there's never really a doubt of whether or not your weight can be carried by the mountain, because, of course, it's a mountain. It's this fixed mass of some kind of stone or something. Um, But in order to really kind of lean into the weight of that mountain, there's a a system of anchors that are necessary to keep the climber from basically falling off the rock. So what they've done is they've come up with some pretty ingenious ways of anchoring to a rock. The the way that we kind of talked about was a two-point harness, um, which most, or two-point anchor, which most uh, climbers use in order to tie into the rock. Now, again, it's not that the weight, uh, that your weight is ever in question when it comes to the mountain, but how you tie into that mountain is critical. So that's where anchors are used in climbing. Yeah, I loved, there was actually like an aha moment in the room on Sunday when you talked about how none of us doubt that the mountain is strong enough to hold us. Like like you said, that feels silly to even say out yeah, loud. Absolutely. But there are a lot of us who like, not even metaphorically, like just within rock climbing, would doubt that that anchor and those ropes could hold us. So I love, I love that metaphor because what we're talking about, like Jesus isn't the anchor. He's the rock. Yeah. He's the mountain. The anchor is like what he gives us to be able to hold on to that. And so that's kind of what you talked about on Sunday. Would you say that's Yeah, yeah. Thing? You know, so the writer of Hebrews says there's these two things. There's the promises of God's word and there's the oath that he provides. These two things are unchangeable and 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 they serve as an anchor to our soul. So we see that although we do believe that there is only one thing, one person that we anchor our weight into, which is of course uh, the person of Jesus, we know that that the way that we anchor into the person of Jesus is access through salvation, through the the, uh, life that he's provided, and then also by putting our trust and hope in the promises of God's word, that those two things keep us Mm -hmm. anchored to the person of Jesus. Yeah, I am. We might get to, in a minute, the difference between a promise and an oath, but as I was kind of thinking, I think for some of us, especially if we've been in kind of Christian culture, church culture, we'll talk about the promises of God a lot, but it's this like vague thing. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, how, how do I know if God has promised me something? And I would love to just spend a little time. You kind of went through, you had like this bullet list of different names of God and what that means. And just ask you, what are some of those promises that we know that God has given us? Yeah, so I think often when we read scripture, sometimes we have a tendency of being a little bit um, flippant 
And we forget that when you walk through scripture, there's so many of God's promises that he outlines for us. Now, it's not that necessarily you'll see your name in scripture, but whenever he talks about his children, he's talking about you and me, right? Like, uh, again, the, the writer, uh, um, um, the writer of the epistles, Paul would say that you and I are adopted and he uses that terminology of adoption. And um, what I love about that picture of adoption is that when we're adopted in, that means all of the rights and responsibilities of the family now become ours. So all the promises of heaven now become our promises. So yeah, like there are there are pages and pages full of different promises that speak to a couple things. It speaks to identity. Um, there are promises that revolve around the identity of who you are. Like um, not only is there promise of, to identity, but there's like within that identity, there's purpose and there's reason. And you don't have to guess that stuff. That stuff has been promised mm -hmm. to you. And then even for promises of strength and promises of direction, like all those things we can find openly in scripture. I think sometimes, again, when we're flipping in our reading, we lose sight of all that the Lord has promised us. And when we grab a hold of those promises, it's really what anchors us into the person of Jesus and, and um, keeps us steady. Yeah, and I think there's some faith that comes with that. Like, I think sometimes we're just flippant and kind of scanning over it. But I think sometimes, like, when it comes down to it, it's hard to sometimes believe that God is going to provide in those moments that we don't have money in the bank account. Or that's just Jehovah Jireh popped yeah. into my head. Our provider, God promises provision. Um, so it does take, it takes that willingness to kind of trust that anchor and step out that sometimes I think we're afraid to do. Like, we... We like connect to the, the harness or whatever by the carabiner. I'm using yeah. all of the camp terms that I'm trying to like <laughs> yeah. pull up from childhood. But, um, but there still is something required of us to actually put our, our trust in this anchor. You know, the problem is actually it's tough to trust um, in all that God says when we're too busy listening to what other people are saying. Mm -hmm. um, you know, climbing is about footing. So much of climbing is about footing. And unfortunately, we're grabbing onto the wrong things, right? We're not trusting in what the promises of God, you know, are for our lives. And what, what to, your, to your point about what we trust, like, um, you know, Scripture is really clear that God's promises are yes and amen, but they're received through faith, mm -hmm. right? And faith requires me to believe in things that sometimes I don't see, but trust that he's still gonna maintain the weight, although I don't see it always. Right. So um, yeah, it's a challenging, it's a challenging thought for so many people, but I'm just gonna tell you, like, when you do the math, um, when you lean your weight onto the person of Jesus and the promise of his word, um, I've just found in my life more often than not that I can take that to the bank mm -hmm. uh, versus putting my trust in, you know, something someone else is saying. Yeah. And I feel like it's often that first step that's the hardest. Oh, absolutely. I used to love ropes courses. I know that's not the same as climbing, but I remember I would be so afraid when I put on the lobster claws, like, cause you know, for a little bit, you're connected to someone down on the ground. Like, you know, they've got you, but then there's the point where you have to like hook yourself in yeah. and you've got to take that step out. And like, if you fall, trust those things have you. And I remember I would be so afraid to take that step out, but then I'd get two or three steps down and realize like, oh, these things do have me. And then I was the one that they would get mad at because I would just like jump off of whatever the unit was on the ropes course and like do flips on the lobster claws. Well, to your point, it's amazing what happens when we become confident in what right. we're anchored to. And there are people like that you might be watching this right now and God is calling, like he's calling us, giving you the opportunity now that you're anchored in, jump. 
There's some yeah. things he's asking you to jump into, some new businesses he's asking you to try. But if you're constantly worried about your footing because you're putting all your weight in the wrong things, you'll never get to that point of a child that's like, no, no, I'm anchored in. I trust. Yeah. And I, my hope is in that thing um, that will not fail me. And this is where the metaphor ends. Mm -hmm. Because as much as we'll never, we'll, we'll never um, doubt whether or not a rock or a mountain can hold us, just know God is more consistent than stone. Like he's more consistent than that mountain. Like that's where the metaphor finds its end. Cause for me, God is bigger than like, we're not talking about a mountain. We're talking about the God who created the mountains with his fingers. So there's nothing that we can, can't do when we're attached to the solidified truth of God's promises through the life of his son, Jesus. It's time for some people to jump. Mm -hmm. And that you just, what you were saying made me think about this for the first time. But if we're anchored in, it would be silly to just rely on what we could do as if we weren't anchored. And I feel like so often we want to say that we're hooked up, but we're still like holding on as tight as possible. But it's actually okay if you slip and fall, if you're taking that risk in that direction. And I feel like that's what the Spirit keeps reminding us, that we're not anchored to stand yeah. still or to move at a pace that we could in our own power. We're anchored up to move with the wind of the Spirit, which is terrifying, but also so awesome. Well, and, and quite honestly, a lack of movement is a confirmation of a lack of trust. If you don't trust, you don't move. Mm -hmm. But when you trust fully, you move. Like it's, it's what we do and you move more freely the more you're confident in the one who holds you. Yeah, yeah. So what would you say to help someone take that first step? Like maybe someone's watching and, and you just know because that's how God works and you're like, yeah, they're talking to me. Like, what would you say, like, do you just, do you just leave? Do you talk to someone? Yeah, I mean, I can I can sit here for the next 20 minutes and come up with a bunch of really comfortable things to try to make you feel comfortable about taking that step. <laughs> but the truth is, faith means that you have to move. And don't get it twisted. <clears throat> it's not even that you, I think because sometimes in the faith, what we think is it's either movement or I'm gonna be really good just staying here. There's no such thing as static. Mm -hmm. in in the walk of the I, I just don't believe that so like even in mountain climbing they'll tell you you take small breaks but it's always progression you just can't sit on the side of the rock I have you ever seen them camp out overnight on a rock face no oh i'm glad i haven't oh man they it's fascinating <laughs> they put these tents up they tie themselves off to the side of the rock but then the tents tie to the side of the rock it's the craziest thing they wake up in the morning they make coffee at like crazy altitudes it's nuts it's it's nuts but even then they would tell you oh yeah that's fine for a moment mm -hmm. but then we got to keep we got to keep moving so yeah again i wish there was something nice in the in package that i can tell you to pull away um, some of that anxiety you might have or worry you might have for the next step but the truth is Facing fear is a part of what faith is. And if you're at that point where you're trying to figure out whether to take the next step, I mean, the only thing to do is, I mean, take the next, take step. The next step. As scary as that sounds. I mean, maybe do it with some friends, but even them, they can't take the risk for you. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, move. Yeah.
Yeah. And let us know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that actually ties in kind of nicely to where we also are in the middle of our 21 days of prayer. Yeah. And um, because I would say that's, that's the thing to do as you take the next step, do so prayerfully, but also invite other people to pray with you because there's power in that. And you might, you might have to be the one. It may be something that you have to do on your own. I think about Peter who was in this boat on a different storm from the one we talked about last week. He had to get out of the boat by himself when Jesus called to him, but but we do want to support you in prayer. Absolutely. I will say to that point, Ashley, um, you know, we in this life you will have troubles. Nothing motivates the heart of a believer to prayer like storms. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's some people who are like, man, the beginning of this year, I'm going to hit it hard. I'm going to jump all in. You will be surprised how many times God will use storms to drive you to your knees. So I'm just saying, like, this is a phenomenal opportunity to step into a consistent, figure out, like, what the daily journey of prayer looks like. And I'm excited for so many of you who've chosen to do that. And then there's also people who are on here that are like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, my prayer is not this really neat devotional 21 day like I am face down before the Lord and I believe that God will use that season Mm -hmm. to build that muscle of prayer in you also yeah there I mean there's sometimes in storms where you it's nice to have a list to walk through and I love the resource that we have it's even helping shape my own prayer time but sometimes all you can say is Jesus (laughs) and that's okay if that's where you are in a storm God is still with you and hears you if all you can say is Jesus. That's when I love that verse that says the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf. Like when we don't know what to say, the Spirit intercedes. Um, Yeah, so just if we could say anything, just be praying. Yeah. It's worth it. Absolutely. Where are we headed in the Sankard series? So there's so much power behind this imaging, not just in Hebrews, but all throughout Scripture that when we put our hope and trust in the Lord, there's some there's some things we have access to. So that's kind of where we'll sit a little bit. I'm kind of being a little vague because I'm really excited about Sunday and um, <laughs> I you know I can't wait till we get a chance to hang out. But um, yeah, uh, it, it, this series we're hoping has been revolutionary to the way that you think and consider. And if you haven't got a chance, maybe you're watching, haven't had a chance, all these, all these messages are available on our YouTube page, but um, it's been a good series so far and I'm excited about where it goes. Yeah, we're excited. So we will continue our Anchored series Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right here at Center City Church or on our YouTube. We'll be live streaming it and we can't wait. We'll see you then. Can't wait.